Okay, good morning everyone. Shvat, Chodesh Shvat, sponsor of the month. Nitzan David Jerome, memory of David Aaron's grandmother, who's just Nefteret, Lillian Jerome, Saralea Basichiel, David. Joni and Moshe Pollock, in memory of Shimon ben Moshe, that's uh, Moshe's grandfather, another grandfather of his Tzvi ben Mordechai, and Shira Rachma Bas Harav Alter Nasenata, Joni's sister Shira, the Eagle family, in honor of Eagle family Shvat birthdays. We also, the Katzes have two Shvat birthdays, we have to join in on this. Anonymously, in honor of the Shirat David community. That's a very special one. Shkoyach, whoever that is. Weekly sponsors for this week, Miriam and Avram Deutsch, memory of Menachem ben Shmuel Yezer, Veliba Feldman, Miriam's Abba's Yorzeit, Esti and Shimon Golovensitz for the Refuah Shleim of Esti's brother, Mordechai Tzvi ben Frado, Marilyn and Josh Adler, memory of Marilyn's Ima, Shefer Tzviya, Bas Avram Yaakov Akon, Esther Henshez, Chonol Yivrocha, and for the Refuah Shleim of Marilyn's Abba, Meshulam Zisha ben Sara, and for... Susan Basbula. Susan Basbula. This is a refuah. Refuah. Okay. Let's get right. Let's get right to it. We have a great, great shear today. These parshias are just they're, they're thrilling. They're thrilling. Pesach's in the air. Not to not to stress anyone. The Pesach's in the air. Purim is in the air. Purim's in the air. In the air. Hopefully every day. But this is like a, <laughs> this is a very very special thing. That I always feel that when these when these parshas come up, you're almost like, no, no, I don't want to get into it too much because I want to save my excitement of all this stuff till, till Pesach. It's a cop-out. That's, just, that, that's not... This is, this is like what it's really... This is the real hachana for the night that you could never have enough preparation for, which is Pesach. But I want to discuss tonight something specific, uh, this morning, something very, very specific from Rebzalot, two different pieces, that... Is, is the heart of the parashiyas. We were speaking about this at a she- I don't remember even, I don't remember which year it was earlier this week, regarding this whole, the whole notion of storytelling. The whole notion of storytelling. We had a, oh, I remember now. Different shiur this week about the whole concept of the role of the story and what happens to a person while they tell a story and what happens to the person when they listen to a story. Here, what we're going to be talking about a bit in, in, in depth is... Hashem did all these miracles. All these things were happening. So many different things were taking place. What did you and I have to do? And what do we still have to do today? What's our role? What's our only role in the whole story of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim? What's our only role? I think I'm going to move to here because it's mamish on me. No. It's still on me. It's still, it's still on me. Okay. What's, what, what is expected, what, what, what was expected from me? What role was expected from me in the story, in the context of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, then and now? What's the only thing that's expected from me? Because it seems very interesting that, like, you know, the whole story was like, yeah, you guys, we don't really understand what it means that we were in such low, low levels of Tumah. Does it mean that we were surrounded by Tumah? Does it mean that we were, we were really just you know, perverted, polluted, like, and then Hashem just had light, and Yisarusa Dila'ela, this awakening from above happened, and he's just like, oh, I just, you know, I loved you, I love you, so just, just come with me, and at a certain point, just grab all the riches, and you'll come out. There has to be one, for those things to happen, it seems like it would fade away, there, there has to be some kind of a negia, some kind of thing that I have to do as well, in the context of Yitzhiya's Mitzvah, I have to do something too. What is that thing that you and I had to do then, 
and still have to do today to really be part of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And Reb Tzadok is, we're going to show us something very simple, but very important. So the first piece is from a sefer called Likute Ma'amarim. It's amazing how many svarim Reb Tzadok Akhain has. He has so many different svarim. People are still working today to go through all of them to catalog and, you know, just put, put, a, put some kind of a seder to it because it just seems like it's just so many different things. It's a beautiful sefer. In the svarim, in the sets that we have, this is usually the one that comes after Tzitzka Satzadik. So Likuti Ma'amarim Reb Tzadok Akhain says like this. Inyan Yitzias Mitzrayim, al yedei she'ela dafka. Questions must be asked in order to really feel like you're part of leaving Egypt. K'mo she'amru zichonon livracha. Va'afilu chacham sho'el le'atzmo. That means, even a chacham that knows, we can mean two things, even a chacham that knows all the answers to every question. He has a chiv himself to ask questions when he goes through Leil Seder. Or it can mean that even when a chacham is all alone and there's no one to ask, he has to still ask himself these questions. This seems to be the only thing that we have to do. The only thing we have to actively do, voluntarily do, in Leil Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, is ask questions. Even a chacham, you know it all. The, ter- the, the chazal are telling us, you still have to ask questions. And we're going to... We're going to explain this deeper. But wait a second. What about the person that doesn't know how to ask a question? He's one of the four sons. We just said the most important thing is you have to ask questions. I don't know. Last time I checked, it was Chacham, Rasha, Tam, and this one that the first three can ask. Chacham, Rasha, Tam, they can ask. They have the ability to ask questions. The That's his name. I don't know how to ask questions. Right? That's actually his name. What is he supposed to do? So what does the Haggadah say? At Ptachlo. Michal, why are you smirking? Say it. Right, right, no, that was it. Uh, my father, every year he gets to this place. At Ptachlo. At Ptachlo, every year. At petachlo, you know those beaner, right? What's in when when what happens when you open yourself up? At aleph ataf, all the Torah is in the person that's willing to open up. At petachlo, right? every year. Anyway, so here the what what we say is vafilu sheino What about the person that does not know how to ask? At petachlo, that's that's your person you're working with. Leil seder. You at petachlo means get into a conversation with them. Get into a conversation with them. Get in, I'm not Esther, get into a dialogue with them. At petachlo is the avoda of every person that's at a Seder table who knows how to ask, sees a person that's not engaged or that doesn't have the ability to, ex- to ask or express whatever it is. At petachlo. It's not just on women because of the Lashon uh, At, like Eva. Anyone. At Ptachlo. You see someone that can't ask a question? Yeah, let's start, start asking them questions till they start asking questions. Start asking them questions till they start asking questions. 
You see, there's a lot of people that are very, you could say social. I don't want to say socially awkward, just more what we say, introverts or mufnamim, more, more deep inside. All year long, don't bother them, let them just be. But there's one night that you can't. <laughs> there's one night you got to get them out of their comfort zone. And that's Leil Seder, because of at Ptachlo that everyone has to do. This is what we have to do. We have to ask questions, and we have to cause others to ask questions as well. Pticha, hainu kedei shehu yigmor veyishalhu. What does that mean, pticha? Open up, open him up, open her up, open up the conversation, open them up in a way so that they'll eventually end up starting to ask questions. Because anything in the world must come through yegiya. That's a, like a level of toiling and hishtadlus and your own avoda. And like the Gemara tells us, the famous, the famous statement of Chazal, If you didn't work hard in anything, but you think you found what you need or what you're looking for, don't believe that you really got to it. He's saying this about Geula. Lo yagata, you didn't do anything, but you found yourself free. Al tamin, don't believe it. The what's so? What's the yegia? What's the work? What's the toiling? Ask yourself: Do I have any questions about what's going on over here, or am I just going to be like tzon muvala tevach or lahavdil, or am I just like this silent flock? I must. I must get interested. I must, what's the better word? Not interested. I must be, huh? So, Rav Soloveitchik, my, my, one of my favorite, favorite terminologies that Rav Soloveitchik gave for Seder night, he said, it's the night of sparking holy curiosity. That's what he said. That's what Seder night's all about. Holy curiosity. Like awakening holy curiosity by our children. That is our yegiyah. That's the, that's the only thing we have to do, basically, as we're learning these parshias as well, Ba'era and Bo specifically, because already in, in Bo we're already, you know, begin the journey out. While you're learning this story, is anything coming up? Do you have any questions? Do, or do you understand the whole thing? It reminds me of COVID, when it ended up being Yaakov and I, and we used to have like 20, 30 people for Seder. And we thought, okay, but, you know, whatever. We spent three and a half hours at the Seder, just the two of us, because we finally had the opportunity to really dig in, mm-hmm. you know, and run and getting Sfarim and opening up and looking. That's very special. That's very special. I think we thought that it was going to be like that. <laughs> no? Right? Right? Maybe exactly. We were like, oh, this is going to be the high... <laughs> I don't even. I know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Let's start asking. <laughs> Let's start asking questions. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. The concept of song Megula. Of what? Song Megula, not Lateva, but Megula. Also, no. If there's no, if there's no Yegiya, then, then, and you got to Geula, he's saying Al Tamin. And there's no conflict between Tmimut and that kind of Yehiyah. No, it doesn't, it doesn't contradict Tmimut. Tmimut is part of... You could ask Shailah in the most famous dick away. Uh-huh. But usually we think, like, usually we think someone that has a Shailah, he's trying to be an Eber Chacham. No, 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 no. Like this, just like people, like, you know, but I thought that so-and-so, or 
How come this has to happen? Not in a chutzpah de kind of way. Just asking shaylas. Just asking questions. Asking the art of asking questions is what gets us to our our role of what of of Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim and the Yegiyah, the Yegiyah aspect of it. Okay? Now he continues. Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim be'or ha'gadol shaya az lichola haya belo shum Yegiyah. It seemed up until a certain moment that the whole story we're reading in Parshiot Va'era and Bo, we didn't do anything. There was no Yegiyah from our part. We were nothing. Right? The Malachim was saying, wait a minute, why are you taking these, these people out? They're just like the Egyptians. They look like exactly the same people. N- not just nobodies, but like Ovdei Avodazara. And they look like Ovdei Avodazara, meaning it didn't seem that we were doing anything to own our own right, Mitzideinu, to be part of this miraculous moment. That's what it seemed like. Nachon? And but what? And all it seemed was it was just Hashem's pashut reason. He's like, yeah, you didn't do anything, but why am I so nice to you? I don't know. I just love you. I just love you. Ratzon pashut. That's what it seemed like. But what is Reb Tzadik saying? He's saying to bank on that is absolutely forbidden. You don't bank on that, even though you may know that to be a truth. But you don't bank on that. You don't bank on that with relationships with people, like hurting someone or ignoring them. And then you're asked by someone, aren't you nervous that you're tampering with this? With... No, it's, I know they love me. It's fine. Who, 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 who could live like that, right? So the B'tzadok is saying, when it came to the Geula, it may have seemed like that, till in Parsha's bow, in our Parsha, Hashem starts telling Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Yidin, listen, there's going to be dialogue with your children. Don't freak out when they start asking you questions. Be in utmost ecstasy that they actually care and want to be part of the conversation. And then Rashi, like we learned earlier this week, Rashi tells us over there about the Russia's question that when Am Yisrael heard that their children were going to ask questions, that means that they all started dancing like crazy. That's what it means. They all started dancing like crazy. At what point? When they heard their children are also going to do a little bit of a yegiyah, a little bit of work, a little bit of involving themselves in the story as well. That's what brought them the greatest simcha. And aren't you, doesn't, doesn't bring you simcha when your child comes home and, and is intrigued by anything that you do or that... Sometimes it's a bit too much with the questions, but sometimes also it's just a beautiful thing when you see it's out of tmimus, right? Out of tmimus. How come we do this? Now we get nervous because half the time we don't know the answers to that question. But when we kind of have an answer to that question, it actually brings a lot of simcha. A lot of simcha. You care? You, you want to know? Wow, you want to know. That's an amazing thing, yeah. So meaning you're talking about the type of question that has to do with what was it like there? What was, did you do there? Like some people like I mean you see this is like a hundred years from uh, about less, a hundred years ago, and people did not want their kids asking them, they did not want 
No, so let, let's differentiate. It's a good question you're bringing up, and I'll answer it twofold. One, I'll say the, the immediate answer, but then I'll go backwards. The immediate answer is when the questions are not about what did you go through, the questions are about why are we doing now what we're doing? The questions are why are we acting the way that we're doing? Why do we do this tonight? Why, do we, why, do, why, do you, why are you wearing that? Why are we leaning here? Why are we doing all these things? It's not so much the questions of, well, how come your brothers were all thrown into the brick walls to become bricks and pyramids? Those are questions of today. The thing of what happened today. No, no, but I'm saying over here what the Torah is telling us is, they're, the Torah tells us what kind of questions they're going to ask us. In, the, in our parasha, the Torah tells us, listen, these are the kind of questions they're going to ask you now. To go back to, I call it the elephant in the room of every single shear of Amuna, right? Like, mamash, every single, you know. It's amazing. I, like, I was once at a shear by uh, Rav Erez Moshe Doron. We spent Shabbos in, uh, in Yad Bin Yamin. Do you remember? It was like, I think right after we got married, which was a long time ago. And he gave a shear, he was living there then. He gave a shear Shabbos afternoon. So I went to the shear in the, in the, in the shul. And it was really a, a fascinating shear in Amuna. In the way that he, we've learned his Torahs over the year, he's a very special approach to Bechulay. And at the end of like an hour and a half, and the Gabayim and the Yekas already came because Mincha time was, you know, at the start. So someone raised their hand and was like, "About Efo Lokim like you know that that kind of a right." <laughs> and he just he looked and he he just you know he he went like that because when when that comes inside. There are no questions. Like, what, what question is there? But our door, we're chosen to be the next... We're ready. How many Dorot after the Shoah are we? The way we count Dorot? I don't know. Two, three, whatever. Earlier this week at a, at a shir in, in, a, in the Teina, I was saying that when someone is able to share their story, even if it's a painful one, it's a shtikl nechama. You know what's really hard, what's really, really bad? When someone doesn't have a story to share. And I gave a personal example. All I know about my grandparents is that they were both married before the war and had kids and they were killed. I don't know anything. It's not because my father didn't share it's that I realized only in recent years that he doesn't have what to share. He doesn't have the story, actually. I don't know. I know my grandfather, who I'm named after, I think is from Lemberg, and my grandmother's from Tarnopol. Zell. I don't, there's nothing. Why? Because they didn't, they didn't exactly, they didn't, they didn't speak. So I want to say even, even deeper now. Why am I saying this? <coughs> Because the Yidin in Mitzrayim had every reason as well to not speak, to not say a story. And yet, this Yegiyah that we're talking about is hard. It takes so much for those Yidin to share their story. We don't even realize how, how, how amazing of a, of a... It may seem like a little thing, right? Oh, they, they, they're part of a story. They're asking questions. Are you kidding me? They, for them to speak is like a geula, for them to be able to speak, for them to talk about the story, for them to even speak about a relationship with Hashem, is like a, it's a, just a miraculous thing. 
So I think that's, together with your children are going to want to know, they're going to have Shailas. That's how Rashi explains to us, filled the picture for them of Geula. Because for them, just leaving Egypt wasn't enough. Remember the story we always tell you that the, that um, this Baba Verchasid, Yeshua Wolf, went through the Holocaust all the six years that he was, that he was in a, certain, a few different camps. And he said, when, he, when his grandchildren, he made it through, he was the only one that was left. His parents were killed in front of him, his siblings, his children. He got remarried after the war, and his children, when, when they heard his story of how he got out, out of the war ended, he, they kept on saying to him, it seems like the, the day of liberation was like the saddest day of your whole story of being of World War II. Remember this story? And he said, of course it was. Why? He said, because the only thing that kept me going every day during the war was that I knew that only Eliyahu Navi can be the one to take us out of this hell. Then when I saw that it was a Russian soldier liberating me, I looked back and I said, that's, this is why I stayed alive? So, for a person like that to engage in the, in at petach lo, like asking questions, to be engaged, to want to talk, to want to be part of the story, to be able to do that is geula. It's, it's simple redemption. Anyway, this is how Rabbi Tzadok is saying, is just like it was so hard for them, like almost impossible for them, the same exact thing is for anyone that it's almost impossible for them to feel that they want to ask a shayla, that there is a shayla to be asked, and that you still do it, that is your, that's your kinyan in the geula of, of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. But we, we're, not, we're not finished yet. V'lachach, tzarich dafka al yedei she'ela. And therefore, since maybe you could say that Hashem just wanted to take us out because He loved us, it's not enough. It has to be through a she'ela, lehorot, she'en ba me'atzmo gam orze, rak she'day behishtadlut mu'at, u'miyad Hashem mitbarach me'ir lo. So Reb Tzodak is saying, it's true, I know it's going to be hard for you to talk, to want to care, to ask, but you got to do something to be part of the story. And trust me, Reb Tzodak says, just ask one question, and that begins a whole world of dialogue and conversation, and then the rest of the light will continue to shine in. You ever have that with people that you feel like you want to shake them when they're next to you because you, you, you say, I'm going to meet you for coffee, and it's really just you, like, like Lenahel, the whole Sicha. Or you have a Chavrusa, and it's really, it's not a Chavrusa. It's you teaching them, and you, but you want them to be engaged. So sometimes all you got to do is figure out a way to, uh, to uh, arouse in them this curiosity. That curiosity, one question... And boom, then you got light. It's like a window. Then Rebbe um, says an immense amount of light starts pouring through when you can crack someone open through causing them to be interested enough to ask one question. Yeah. Question. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, so is he kind of saying that, like, at, when he was saying that it... it, it we can't bank on, you know, even though it was that Hashem's just love for us and chayin, right, like just chesed, whatever, that, that he took us out of Mitzrayim, there was also this idea that, like, in the future, we're going to work at it, like, and we're going to... Yeah. So that yeah. kind of empowers us, right, that we're, we're still sort of bringing, I mean, ourselves, obviously, but also them, the Yidden of that generation, out of Mitzrayim, 
with our questions, 100%. with our answers. Also our it's answers very deep. Are... It's very deep. I think it's, yeah, it's like a retro, it's like a lama freya. It's like a, you, you're, you're doing something backwards. And as you, were, as you were saying what you were saying, I was also getting something else, is that it's true that it worked for that generation. It seems that it was true that it worked for that generation to get out of Mitzrayim without any hishtadlus. It seems like it. Because the Torah, they didn't really do anything. Right? It was merely... They didn't do anything. But Hashem is saying to, to, to those people, He's like, don't, don't tell your children, this was your a one-time shot. This can't work. This won't work in the future. But every time that we do, right, do our own ishtadlus, where it's as if they're joining our schus of what we're doing, and we're tying generations together, and bringing everyone really, really out. So it's really this like, amazing moment of Mesorah and of Hishtashalus uh, Hadoros, like the, this, this, this chain of everyone still, you know, for so many generations, some came out a little bit, some were still there. But every time you ask a question on the story of Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Leman tesaper be'oznei bincha ben bincha esashayi salalti Mitzrayim, samti bam, and the result is, like we learned earlier this week, the result is, V'yidatem ki'ani Hashem. So I don't know how many, Baruch I, Hashem, I, we get to learn so much that I, sometimes I feel like I'm telling you the same exact thing I just told you yesterday. I don't remember anymore. But <clears throat> let that be our problem. So listen, there's a Belzer, this, we said this on Tuesday night, there's a Belzer Torah. This is an amazing Belzer Torah that we learned many years ago. I saw it again this week. When you look at the second Pasuk in the parsha. In Bo, it says, I'm doing Bo'al Parokia, Nichbati at Kibovet Levadav, right? And then it says, Leman Tesaper, I'm doing all this so that you have a story to tell your children and your grandchildren. Then the end of that Pasuk ends off with saying, and the result will be, Vidatem Kiani Hashem. Says the Belzer Rebbe, what, 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 what should have been the Lashon at the end of that Pasuk? I'm going to tell you a story. There, huh? Well, no, I'm talking about the, the, the Leman Yedu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because who, you're, you're telling a story. So then what's the result of telling a story? Those that now know the story will know that I am Hashem. Sometimes so, you have to say something uh, to so internalize says, it and accept it. Says the Belzer Vidatem. Hashem is saying, and by the way, you know what's going to happen to you when you're telling a story? You're actually going to believe in God. You think you're just telling... Huh? You're, you yourself, you think you're, the role is just storytelling? Your children having any interest is enabling you to become a real mamin. That, and that is geula. This is the shlemus of a picture of why our Yiddishkeit is based on this, on Leil Seder, but on these parashiyas. Because if a child and a grandchild can be the vessel for which the, the, the kivyachol, the teacher, becomes a mamin, it's, it's a complete picture of Geula. That's the most wonderful imagery that you can imagine, right? And children can sense when you're telling them something and you're, you're not actually feeling it. Oh, yeah. And then, they, and then you're not actually getting it. You don't like, <laughs> and then they, they know, they know. They know if you're not. They're like, ah, I'm sorry. Or, wow, I'm not You know, you believe what you're saying. Yeah. Did you want to say something? <clears throat> it, it feels like... Um, 
it doesn't feel like I'm not like meaning the fact that we experience so much, right? Like we witness death, we witness murder, like meaning we witness so much. And so the fact that we were still willing to do the Korban Pesach, the fact that we we're still willing to, right, do these Korbanot and and there was so much risk involved, it feels like, wow, isn't that amazing that we are still holding on to so much faith? Like meaning So give him a little more credit. No, meaning like, wow, how incredible are we <laughs> that we experienced so much and yet we were still believing? Like, meaning I feel like that doesn't feel like... Um, not not Chinam. Yeah. Because <laughs> we learned That's a good question. Phenomenal, <laughs> pheno- phenomenal question. Is this like one of the Holocaust questions? Like, is, it like, <laughs> <laughs> is it one of the Holocaust questions? Isn't that called Sunday shit? You said Amuna is a verb? Faithing, yeah. Um... The way, that, the way that we understand when we speak about what we did in terms of Yegiyah, we're talking about what caused Hashem to decide that we're, it's time for us to leave Egypt. All the things you mentioned are things that happened that we did after Hashem began to rain down this world of revelation. So you think so our faith wasn't there before? The only thing, it's hard to say that because the, the tzaddikim say the only thing that Hashem looked at, saw in us, that actually, again, this is very hard, it's philosophical, it's very hard to understand these things, but the Slonimer has a whole mahalach of saying the only thing that you could, you, we could understand vis-a-vis our relationship with Hashem during that period is that Hashem must have seen an imprint of Emunah in each of us no matter what, what, we, what we did. Now, Yegiyah, though, is activating the Emunah, Lemaisa. Not just enough, I'm sitting around, I'm faithing, I'm believing in God. It's, what am I doing with that? We, and we, were, we were doing nothing with that. There was a zakah. Uh, so that began, that, that, that began some kind of a process. But in terms of like, basically how, how they're saying, what was the Isarusa dilatata? It was just a krechts. So I, I'm, not, I'm not belittling chas v'shon, even an emunah, even, even a person having emunah, I'm not belittling it, God forbid. But the way he's saying we understand of what we did, like what did we do? Did we start giving over Shirim and Emuna? Did we start throwing away Psalim? Did we, we don't know. We don't know any of this. We don't know these stories. I have a sefer at home called Midrash Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. And it's basically, it's a fascinating sefer that went through every book of Midrash to grab details so that we, so we have something to talk about Saturday night aside from just the same, you know, why does he dip here? And why, you know, but we don't we don't know that much, and we're going to see in a second why. There's a reason to it. So I know I bichlal didn't answer your question. Let's continue. Free tzaddik, kuntras amalashel Torah Aleph. Now look what he says here. Kol hamar be lesaper b'tziat Mitzrayim harayze meshubach. That means that the more that you speak about yitzias Mitzrayim, the meshubach. Like Tal and Yaakov say there, finally, there was a marbe, there was much more than usual, right? There was a marbe, Mitzrayim. You know, I have friends that, that uh, and they're, they're good kosher from Yidin, that they, they realized a few years ago that to keep their kids engaged, you got to skip over like 80% of the Agadah. So if <coughs> you fill in that time with discussions about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, I don't know, it seems to me you're still, you're still okay, because right? the point is, if you skip it because we already know it from last year, 
But if it's if you're skipping it, really, like, because my 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 eight year old kid growing up in in the modern world that does not really connect to like the difference between fifty here, fifty there, ten here, eleven. They, they, they don't connect to that. They want to speak more about the psyche of the Jew that was leaving Egypt. But there's a lot we need to remember, but the more you speak about it, and says like this, is a night where you're invited to become a chadshan, uh, an innovator a person that has a new thought, and he's supposed to bring it to the table. He's saying it's not just about discussing, I heard that story, I heard that story, because we don't have that many stories. What's crazy is that we speak about Zechel, Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim, Zechel, Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. How much, how many psukim in the Torah are dedicated to our slavery in Egypt? How many? Very few. Think about this. How many psukim are actually dedicated to the slavery in Egypt? I could start reading. It's very simple. That's not it. Right? Then it starts saying, uh, Here we go. Then comes the Mialdot Avriot. So that's already speaking about a Xera that didn't work. And yet we're supposed to give a whole night of speaking about about six or seven psukim in the Torah. So that's what Ibtzadak is saying. How could Chazal say, How much are you working with, really? He says, No, no, no. The more you ask questions, the more you speak about it, Hashem believes that you have a chiddush to add to the story of Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. That's what he says. Belomatsinu shetiknu lesader kol asipurim af lemitzvah mina muvchar ula mehadrin mila menhadrin. We don't find this in any other mitzvah. Ba'al korchach. Hein hamar be'demeshubach ha'mechuvan she'yachil lechadesh u'lehosif I'm gonna give I Dafka read that Hebrew fast because it wouldn't help any of you if I read it slower or me. So I'm gonna tell you what he's saying over here. He's saying Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the basically the root of miracles in the world. It's the root of miracles. Well, story is miraculous. What happens to you when you tune into the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Something miraculous happens to you as well. What miraculous thing happens to you as well is that you start speaking, just start talking about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, anything about it. And the Torah Dafka didn't give us that many psukim because it wanted you to use your imagination. And it wanted you to go in your mind to what it may have felt like for you to be there. I once saw a Torah that in the Holocaust said, okay, Rebbe <laughs> I don't need to use my imagination. 
Leil Seder, he said, I have it in front of me, I can add, I have kol amarbe. I, he said, I can marbe l'saper ba'avdus mitzrayim. I can't yet marbe l'saper b'yitzias mitzrayim. But I could speak about the slavery for many more years. Can't speak yet about the yitzias mitzrayim. So Rabbi Tzadok says, you know what, like the night, it's the headquarters of miracles. The miracle is going to take place by you too. But you have to be a shutaf in the miracle. What's the shutaf? Open your mouth, start talking. Start asking a question. And then what's going to happen is that you're going to have a chiddush regarding what took place in Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, based the nafshe, based on how you imagine yourself going through it. That's the Lushan here, the nafshe. The way that you imagine yourself going through it, and then you speak about it, you're going to have a chiddush now. What's so amazing? What's the most popular sefer that has new and new versions that come out? The Haggadah. More than any other Jewish sefer ever. How could it be? Because of this. Isn't it crazy? Every year, there are ton- not two, <laughs> not five. Just Kirasbina, how you know <laughs> how many new Haggadahs, right? How many new Haggadahs? What does that mean? Think about it. How many new Haggadot? What is literally? What does that mean? What is a Haggadah? Yes, Reb Tzadik is saying. How could it be? How could it be? Because every year that this, there's only one time the Torah says, you got to speak about this. You got to give this over. And you, before you know it, new things are going to come out of your mouth. New experiences, new understandings, new perceptions. That's part of the, mir- the miracle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That you find yourself in it, you have something to add to the table. I always think, like, what else could someone say? Manishar. And yet... Every single year, there are so many new Haggadot. What I always find thrilling is that people work so hard and put so much work and money into a sefer that really is only used one night a year, right? That's always so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the rest of the paper. It's just, <laughs> right, no one picks up the Haggadah that much. Like, it's like third day of Oh, I can't, you know, it's, <laughs> right? One night, one night. This is the root of what this Rabbi Tzaddik is saying. He's, I mean, it's like an amazing thing. So this, this is what happens. V'chen, ha-ma'aseh she-sipru kol ha-layla, and he adds you something beautiful. Ha-ma'aseh she-sipru kol ha-layla mistama, gam ken hu ma-shechitshu lidrosh bezeh kol echad. What is he referring to? The ma'aseh, oh, who was it? Rabbi, uh, I forgot the names, but in the Agadah, that they were darshaning all night long, Right? All night, until the Talmidim came and said, "Listen, right." So he says over here that mindset that they were telling stories the whole night. He says they weren't telling, they weren't reading the Agada all night. <coughs> to, to read the Agada does not take all night. What were they doing? They were mechadishing. They were adding. They were they were innovating. Each one had a chiddush to say. davar. <laughs> We don't know anything that they said. We just know that it happened. They weren't, it wasn't open to the Shana Aleph. It was just the Rabbeim. It must be that it wasn't for us to know. It was their world of Chidushim. 
ועל כן לא נתגלו דבריהם לנו. But, ונראה מה שכתב וכל המרבה, כל, this word כל, all of what you מרבה, anything לרבות, that means דאז רשות לכל אחד להרבות. There's a רשות for each person that night to speak more and more and more, and what will probably end up happening is that any person who dares to start asking questions will come out that night like the biggest Magid Shir that ever existed. That's the miracle, miraculous nature of Leil, of Leil Pesach. That there's something in the air, that all you got to do is your Yegiyah of asking a question, you will be that person that has something to add to Torah Shabbat to the story of Am Yisrael. And it's very good, Shoshana, because really what you said, it's not just that you're adding to the Torah of Am Yisrael, you are actually, with your Chiddush, speaking about Yetzirah Mitzrayim, you may have schlepped someone out, you know, obviously, spiritually speaking, you may have schlepped out someone that was waiting, on Neshama, waiting for many years to, to feel Shaykhaz to Yetzirah Mitzrayim, waiting for your Chiddush, waiting for your Shaila. Um, also, the, wasn't, one of the Rebbeim was uh, Rebbe Kiva, no? So, yeah. So, like, we may not know what he said on that night, but right. like, you know, how okay. we feel also like connected to Rabbi Akiva. Okay. You know, that's one of the, maybe this is also why. Could be. Now, Kayadu Abbasvarim, the Pesach Remez Pesach, you all know that the Pesach is the words a mouth that speaks. That's Keneged Paro, that's Pera, right? Ki mikodem haya dibur bagalut, Kayadu Adamay Shilabino, Lava Shalom lo Ishdvarim Anochi. It's, we're celebrating what Moshe Rabbeinu celebrated. Leil Seder. Galus is, I can't open my mouth, I can't speak, I have no questions to ask. Geula, and even if I start talking, I'll start to legamgem, to uh, stutter. Leil Seder is, I have enough guts that the, mir- the miraculous nature of the night is in the air. I'm just going to start to talk, and let's see what happens. And that's what happens. Then you come out of Mitzrayim. Yeah, it's like the rest of the year, you should just be listening. Like, it's mm. like, <laughs> right? Like, meeting, you say the night, like, there's so much emphasis yeah. in sharing and speaking and talking. It's like, oh, more than any other night of the year. Right. It's like, but also saying at the same time that, like, okay, spend more time listening the rest of the year and tonight. You know? Could be, yeah. Yeah, it's not, tonight is not the night to, yeah. It's true, Hanukkah. Don't do anything, just look, right? <laughs> So, Indian, talk about the Yivanim, talk about the... Mm-hmm. So that's really the time that we should be demanding Mashiach even more. When? Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. V'chol mish, bottom two lines, v'chol mish zoche la'asik ha'or d'yitziat Mitzrayim. Whoever merits to, to get this light of Yitziat Mitzrayim, which is really, don't wait for Pesach. Go already this Shabbos into the heart of the Parsha. What is it, what's the light of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Shehu Yitziat Hadibur Migalut. That means it is, the, it is taking out speech from exile. Shemit Oreh Bechol Shana Beoto Zman Kayadua Mikdushat Azmanim Yuchal Leharbot Diburim Kirtsono. All year long, you just want to be a yenta and a blabbermouth, right? And you have an Indian, don't, like you're saying, Adina. Refrain the, the chatterbox a little bit, right? 
He's saying, but there's, there's something in the air. Like, what we really want to do is that we still want to start talking and not be scared about what comes out if we're insulting someone, if we're not insulting someone, how someone heard me, how someone understood me. There's one night when, there's one night we don't have to be scared. Because somehow in the, in the flow of what the night is all about, you become a free person when you let your speech, when your speech becomes free as well. And that's dependent, though. Why did I want to do these two pieces? Because it starts with a sh- asking a sheila. It all starts with having enough courage to gain interest, trust your curiosity, and ask a question. Just ask a question. Ask a, ask a question, and then everything starts flowing after that. That's the beauty. That's the miracle of Seder night. The, the vision of Rebbe, other Rebbe's, pulled out the Haggadah, Parshish, Va'era, and Bo. They would learn the Haggadah, these Parshish already. They would, the Titian in certain places, on Parshish, Va'era, and Bo, were the strongest Titian of the whole year. Because they felt so much that, the, you know, when you read about what may happen later on, the Kedusha of the story is already mit orer right now. So you don't have to wait for it to come out on a certain date. It already happens right now. So I want to give us a bracha that our galus should already right now, our, our dibur already right now should come out of galut. And for, the way we understand that now is that Shemiz Baruch grant us with curiosity to the story of Am Yisrael. And alavai that when our children, like you were saying before, it means that when our children hear us, answer them, or tell them a story, that they see that we really care and we're becoming a bigger mamin as we're engaged in the conversation and as we're telling over the story. Live as it's happening. All right. Good job, everyone.